0: The Property Playbook would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands of where this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, acknowledging the culture, the history, and the connection to the lands of what we call home. Let's get into it.
1: Hello and welcome back to The Property Playbook, the podcast where we take you from A to V of all things property. My name is Jessica Ricky, and hopefully one day I'll be a homeowner, but until I am, I want to talk to our community to learn more about them and what their journey of buying was like. Today I have my favourite Victoria Devine joining me on the podcast. Hello, plot. thank you for having me again. Oh my gosh, always love to have you. I've got a really fun one today for you, V, all about rent vesting. Mm, do you want to hear it? I do. All right. Our diarist says, My fiancé and I are rent investors with two investment properties and currently considering purchasing a third. We are Melbourne-based and at the time we could only afford an apartment or small older home that would need a lot of work in the area we wanted to live, so we invested interstate instead. We used a property investment company to help us purchase and build our two properties. We wanted to purchase land and this company aligned with our values. We did not have the knowledge or time to research and find the perfect area to invest. Although we did pay a fee for this service, I think a decision to purchased the wrong property in the wrong area had the potential to be significantly more costly. Both properties are growing in value and are in areas with rental vacancy rates of 1%. We were able to use some equity from our first purchase for the second house and we'll be able to solely use equity for the third. I'm super passionate about rent vesting and love that you guys are sharing that this is an option. Oh my God, what? Property Diaries, thank you for joining us. I'm very excited to learn more if I'm being honest. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. And I have a lot of questions, but before we get there, let me start right at the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about your buying journey?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I've always wanted to buy property. I don't know why. I guess it's kind of, it's part of the Australian lifestyle. I guess everyone kind of wants to get their hand in property. And then when I started working full-time, I started realizing how what I was able to buy and how it wasn't kind of something that I, where I wanted to live. So I started kind of, I actually worked in PR, but I worked for a company that specialized and had a lot of clients in the property industry. So in doing that and being within that industry, I was reading a lot about property and the property market. And I think that's probably where I came across rent investing. And that's where it kind of started my journey to find the right property to invest.
1: Amazing. Now, thinking about that first property that you got, when and where specifically did you purchase?
2: So, it was back in 2018. So, my partner and I, we were dating at the time. We'd been dating for six years, but we decided to purchase it together, which was great. And we couldn't afford anything in Melbourne. And we decided to work with an investment company to help us find an investment property. So, they did all the research for us. They are quite reputable and they were someone who I trusted. So, I know kind of working with an investment company might be a bit controversial or a bit tricky to find someone who you'd really trust, but we really trusted this company and they helped us find our property. So, we bought a house and land in Doolandala, which is a suburb of Brisbane in Queensland.
1: Uh, You already answered this next question, but did you purchase with anybody else?
2: Yes. Yeah. My partner at the time, he uh, is my fiance now. Amazing. Oh, your fiancé now. How now? Is this very new? When did we get engaged? Uh, In early 2021. you? So exciting.
1: (laughs) Now, how much do you earn and what do you do for work? And because you purchased with your partner, can you tell us the same for him as well?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I'm actually currently on parental leave, but my life before becoming a mum, I worked in communications and my salary was $80,000 plus Super. So, my partner is a plumber and he makes 120000 a year plus super.
1: Incredible. And how much did you guys spend on that very first property that you got?
2: So, the first property was 502000 Beautiful. And what kind of deposit did you have
1: together to get that one?
2: So, we paid a 10% deposit. And we also paid for the investment company fee, which was about, I believe, one point five, maybe two percent of the purchase price.
1: Okay, that's not too bad. I'm trying to do the math in my head, Victoria, the math whiz. One point five to two percent. Call it two percent. Let's be generous of five hundred thousand.
2: Yes, yes. I think all up, we paid about ninety thousand dollars. That'd be seven and a
0: half to ten thousand dollars ish in property fees. She's Sorry, not it. total property fees,
1: but like in, in the. Investment company Yeah, fees. yeah, yeah, the investment company Speedy fees. Speedy on the numbers. That's why we have you here. Now, did you guys get to use any government schemes or grants for that purchase? No, we
2: weren't able to use any, any government help because it was an investment property. Now,
1: when you were looking, obviously, I guess this company was helping you out and probably doing a lot of this legwork for you. But did you have a list of non-negotiables that you gave to them to kind of help them figure out where to go?
2: Yeah. So, our biggest non-negotiable was that we wanted to purchase house and land. We wanted a freestanding property uh, single-family home. So, that's actually why we went with this investment company because those were the properties that they sell to their customers or, or put forward to their customers.
1: Mm-hmm. And did you, in terms of that process, did you have a lot of input? Like, did they bring you a number of options to the table and you kind of were saying, oh, I don't like the direction that one's facing or I don't like the layout of that one or did you have to brief them at all in terms of your other like things that you guys were really looking for in your investments or did you leave it all with them?
2: We pretty much left a lot of it with them. We really trusted their process and we trusted them a lot and we also – didn't really know, you know, we didn't know where this suburb was. We didn't know the best street in the area. And we also didn't want to get attached to the home in terms of its layout and that kind of thing, because we don't plan on ever living in it. It's solely an investment. We just were wanting a property that was going to be able to be rented out.
0: That's a lot of trust you're putting in someone. (laughs) like I was just thinking about it. I used a buyer's advocate when I purchased, but I also knew the area. I already lived in it. I was really confident in the area that we're purchasing. I don't know how I'd feel if it was like completely external. So we'll get to it. But I have a lot of questions about how to find someone you trust.
1: Me too. Before we get there, though, the last question I have for you right now, Property Diarist, is looking back, would you change anything at all about your buying journey?
2: I really had a good think about this. And I don't think so. And that's not to say that we've done everything perfect and our journey's fabulous and we're amazing. It's just that we felt really comfortable and confident in what we were doing. We worked hard to get there and it seems to be going well. So, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, that's really exciting. I think we both have so many questions for you, but let's go to a really quick break and then we'll jump into it as soon as we come back.
0: All right, we are back, excitingly enough. And I want to know more about this property investment company. Not necessarily who they are and what their contact number is, but what I want to know is how did you know to trust them? Had you gone through a number of different options? Did you interview them? Did you go based on reviews? Like, how did you actually get to the point where you're like, yeah, I'd love to engage your services?
2: Yeah, so I wanted to learn about investing. And I was, I remember I was searching on YouTube trying to teach myself about investing, basically. And I came across a lot of American content, which, I mean, I guess the fundamentals are the same, but I wanted someone that I could relate to more. Um, And then I came across this video and I think it was explaining equity. Equity took me forever to wrap my head around what equity was. And I found these guys and they were the people who run this investment company. And I finally understood what equity was. They did a really good job of explaining it and I could relate to them because they were Aussie, they were talking about the Australian property market and they ended up actually being based in Melbourne like myself. So I remember one night after work I went to an open night, an open information night with them, again where I learned a lot and just really liked their vibe. It wasn't pushy or they didn't try and sell themselves like in a way that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth i really uh yeah felt comfortable with them and then it kind of just snowballed from there i guess
0: That's really cool. I feel like I would be really anxious in those circumstances, especially going to like one of those workshop kind of things. You're like, what are you trying to sell? What are you trying to loop me into here? But I am so glad that you found someone to be on that journey with, especially because you're making an investment decision. Like essentially you're getting investment advice. And to me, that's really important because as you said before, like I was trying to wrap my head around equity and what that means and how it works. But The professionals will hold your hand and finding someone that you trust is, you know, arguably one of the most important things that you can do. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Talk us through what that process was like because I haven't really seen, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about these kinds of companies and what they do or how they do it, but there's kind of like a set process where you, you know, you have your building contract, you have your land contract, you're in contact with your developers and all those kinds of things. Because you were building new properties, but it was going through this investment company, were they the middleman? How hands-on were you with that process? What did your loan process look like? So many questions, Jess. Slow down. I'll start with those and then we'll take it from there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: like, um, can you please calm down? Because that's a lot of questions. Yeah.
2: Sorry. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. So, I guess the starting process was they, the investment company helped us understand what we could borrow and the kind of the price point we were looking at. And then when we did find a property the house and land package that we were going to purchase, I loved it because they were the middleman. I didn't have to do any of the hard work. all we had to do was read contracts and sign them and they actually were really hands-on in helping us understand those contracts not just you know shoving something in our face and saying sign this. they really helped us understand all the processes, the process of the loan and that kind of thing but in terms of being in contact with developers and that kind of thing, it was all kind of taken care of for us, which was amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand, I guess, how their business is profitable. So, you pay them a fee upfront, obviously, for them to coordinate or help you figure out where this investment is going and what what locations might be good and those kinds of things. They're doing a lot of the back-end research. Are they then involved in managing the investment going forward as well? And what does that fee look like?
2: So, there's no ongoing fee. They do have a property management team and a mortgage brokerage within their mm-hmm. business. So, okay, we did yeah. use them for our finance and then we also use them as our property managers. So, there is an ongoing relationship, but um, that initial kind of purchase fee was just a one-off fee.
1: Smart business model from them. Well, yeah, because, and we've spoken before, both on here and over on Shares on the Money, about, you know, mortgage brokers, a lot of the time you don't pay them, but they benefit long term from looking after that loan. And obviously, property managers, you do pay a fee for. So, it, by offering that kind of full service it's offering, genius. it makes it so easy for somebody like you to be able to go, oh my God, please help me. And they take everything off of your hands, which arguably would alleviate a lot of stress, which is amazing. But also, I guess, from their perspective, that's if, you know, if they have 10 people from every information or even five, that's a pretty profitable little model. I think it's genius. I'm
0: like, oh, well, smart little cookies, especially because you said they're good eggs doing good things. And that's the big thing, Yeah, how good
1: is that? It could be really sketchy, but they're obviously not and you've had a great experience. So it's awesome to hear about that.
0: All right, my love, I have some questions. They're a little pervy. I want to know your savings habits. I want to know about how you saved up your deposit. And then after, I want to ask you about the loan process because you said you didn't use, you know, a 20% deposit. Did you know that was possible? So start with the saving.
2: Yeah, sure. So, I think I started saving. I was still living at home. So, I was really, really lucky to live at home, both my partner and I, until after we had bought this first investment property, which is really, really amazing. So, I've always been a saver. I love saving money. I used to use the Dave Ramsey every dollar budget model. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's not very Australian.
0: So, a lot of our listeners are probably not going to understand it. But that's actually a really solid model that a lot of people use.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was great. It really helped me, yeah, realize how much we could save. And because it was an investment property, they kind of recommended to us that we could get away with a 10% deposit. That meant we could get into the market sooner, which was really what we wanted. We did have to pay LMI for that, but it was worth it for us.
1: And that's the really interesting thing, and we've had this conversation a few times within our team, particularly with me being on my journey, is you kind of – you weigh up the pros and the cons because on face value everyone goes, I don't want to pay LMI. That's so much money for literally nothing. But then when you compare it a lot of the time to how rapidly the market's been increasing and you go, okay, well, if I wait another two years to save another 10% Mm -hmm. deposit – in those two years I'm still actually not going to get there because the goalposts move and then you might end up relying on it after all so it's really interesting and brokers are really good and you know lenders and different people are taking you through I guess those options in the same way that you guys considered them I wanted to ask about rent vesting and the way that you guys are doing that because I think it's a really interesting concept and it's becoming more and more popular but rent vesting is the process of owning investment properties with the intention of them generating income mm-hmm. and then renting in your most desired location. So maybe you can't afford to live in the location that you would like to. So you rent there instead and you get the best of both worlds. You get the lifestyle that you want in the place that you want while still owning property and benefiting from that. How did you guys living, living was what was right for you rather than I guess the traditional Australian dream like you said kind of earlier on is you know owning your own home and making it and living in it whereas you guys are still technically renters.
2: Basically because we couldn't afford what we wanted in the area Mm -hmm. that we wanted to live. Same girl. (laughs) We didn't want to move away from our friends and family. We didn't want to kind of sacrifice our lifestyle that we were living to live in the house that we wanted. So, yeah, we kind of found more value in being able to live where we wanted, having also the flexibility. We've recently just moved into a more kind of family cell home, which was super simple. We didn't have to go through a a selling process to, uh, and then buy another property to, for something larger. So, I think for us, it was just, it is convenient for us. It's, yeah, convenient, easy. And we're also living in the location that we want to live and, yeah, it's m- more affordable for us.
0: You said something before that I want to circle back to. You said paying LMI was good for us like it, it made sense and I think a lot of people going through this process are going to go well what does that actually mean like how does that work so can you talk us through either if you can remember how much LMI you paid and the conversation around that like sitting down and going with the broker okay you might have to pay LMI on this obviously no one really wants unexpected fees but what was your mentality in the conversation that happened during that period of time
2: yeah sure I can't exactly remember how much it was. Would it be around $4,000 Would that? That feels right. Yeah, something around there. And just for us, I think it was time in the market versus that $4,000 up front. It was much more worth it while for us to have that time in the market.
0: That makes absolute sense. Yeah,
2: yeah. We're kind of, when we have a goal, we're kind of, you know, beeline for it. And we wanted to, yeah, make that purchase as soon as possible.
0: Makes sense. I always want to get a little bit more context because I'm like, all right, people listening are going to go, LMI, is that $4,000 or $40,000? What does that mean? Is How's that worth it? So, I think that's really cool. What are your next steps? I want to know about the future. So, you said before, like, obviously, we're going to look for another property, but what's the ultimate goal?
2: Yeah, sure. So, ultimately, uh, although we are rent vesting currently, we would like to purchase our dream home. So we're not kind of opposed to owning a home. We just want to be able to purchase something that we absolutely love and can stay in for a very long time as opposed to buying something smaller and then having to kind of buy and sell property as our family grows and as our lifestyle changes. So, for now, we're happy renting, but ultimately, we would like to build and buy our dream home.
0: What does that look like? How much is that going to cost? Is a dream home a caravan or is it a mansion with a pool? We need more.
2: We would love a pool. I think that's kind of a goal for us. We would love a lovely outdoor entertaining area that would just be yeah fabulous for us in the area that we're currently living in. So, It is going to be a little while down the track, but I'm confident that we'll get there eventually. You're on the
0: right path, though, and that's the most exciting part about all of this. You clearly have a plan, you've got the right people on your team, and you're working towards that goal, and clearly it's working. Yeah, hopefully.
2: It's working for now, which is great. Amazing.
1: The very last thing I want to ask before we let you go is you've got to investment properties currently. You're considering your third. Does that mean that the properties you've got now are positively geared? Are you generating an income from them or are they kind of just making ends meet or are you going the other way and they're negatively geared at the moment?
2: So, they are negatively geared at the moment. They have gone up in value. So, we do have some equity that we are planning to use for the third purchase. Unfortunately, being on parental leave and only on one income, that's not something that we can do in the immediate future. But yeah, maybe a couple of years down the track, we'll be able to do that. That's so exciting.
1: I love that you and your partner have such a clear, I guess, idea of where you want to go and what the end goal is. And it's really cool to hear about how you yeah, use this company because like I said, I haven't heard a lot about them. And it's really interesting to hear from the perspective of someone who's done it Multiple times now, and and what that was kind of like. So, thank you so much for sharing that journey with us. That was really, really interesting for me. But I think that that's about all we've got time for today. Oh, I wasn't done, but okay. Sorry, but just before we head off, don't forget, guys, the advice that's shared on the Property Playbook is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. It's not very thoughtful. The Property Playbook exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision. We'd love it if you guys would join us on Facebook. We've got a really big community of people who are sharing tips and tricks on everything property-related, from virtually everything, first home, mortgages, the whole kit and caboodle. So please come join us there. We're always floating around. We're also on Instagram. You can search Property Playbook AUS to find us. And if you're feeling generous, maybe leave us a little review. Tell oh, me I'm doing a good job. That's a good idea. Yeah. I always tell you you're doing a good job, Jessica. I know, but I need more validation. All so right. hit me up over there. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. See you next time, guys. Bye.